The Viewpoint, weekdays, 8 to 10 p.m. on SAFM. Oliver Dixon on SAFM. The very first time in my life when I was intrigued by solar energy, I must have been just four or five years old. Um, And my dad had this massive desktop calculator that had this brown panel at the top and I was curious about what it was and my dad said well the sun shines on it and that's how the calculator gets energy to be switched on and work and so I knew then that the sun is energy at four or five years old and I was fond of figuring this out and I've come across several more technologies in my life um, that intrigued me to a similar extent around the ability of the sun to just be this infinite source of energy and power. And uh, the older I got, the more intrigued I got about the technology and science around converting that solar power, that sunlight into electricity um, and how it then powers up devices. And of course, continuous research happens in this field um, at levels far beyond uh my simplistic understanding of science despite <laughs> having been a science student myself dr wiseman Mpilo Lamini, who uh, received a phd in physics does research in that field along those lines although i don't quite know what the question is that he's asking and what the answer is and the impact of that because it's very jargoned but that's why he's here to explain it to, to us Dr. Mbilo Lamini, thank you so much for your time. Really, really do appreciate it. Let's maybe start here. Am I understanding it correct that you're understanding how we can improve solar conversion networks? It seems like we, sorry, it seems like we're just struggling to get uh, Dr. Lamini back on the line. There, we just lost him on the line over there. Um, let's 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 see if we can get him back on the line. In the meantime, if you have questions relating to this or would like to be participate in the conversation, the number to dial is zero eight six triple zero two zero three two zero eight six triple zero two zero three two, and you can send us a WhatsApp voice note on zero six one four one zero four one zero seven. Dr. Lamini, we lost you there for a second, but let me ask the question again. Is it my understanding that your research in ostensibly aims to improve solar technology in the sense that devices and the conversion technology just becomes performs better and better and better um, and ex- can yield out more um, more energy out of as little sunlight as possible um, and improving the technologies that makes that happen? Yes, uh, good morning to you, Oliver, and your listeners. Yes, my research was aiming uh, at improving the performance of uh, organic solar cells. Uh, organic solar cells, uh, it's a different type of uh, solar cells compared to the solar cells that we know, which are, are based on silicon. So my research is focusing on a, a new uh, type of solar cells, which is uh, still under development. Uh, which we are trying to um, optimize and have it working more efficiently so that maybe in the future it can replace uh, a silicon solar yeah. cell. So the, the, the material that absorbs solar reflection or solar energy to convert into electricity is silicon-based? Uh, for my research, no, it's uh, organic-based. So we are trying to do away with silicon 
which is uh, scarce and also it uses a lot of uh, energy if you want to uh, produce a solar cell. So there's a new type of solar cell which is based on organic material, material which is easier to fabricate, easier to process. Um, these organic materials can be dissolved in inks uh, so that you can use a printer to print a solar cell. And these solar cells can also be printed on any surface and also they can be flexible, meaning that they can be also printed on wearable materials yeah. uh, like your umbrellas and, and so forth. Oh, wow. So that means I can my, turn my jacket into a, a energy absorbing and conversion material. Exactly. And also uh, the other term for these organic, organic solar cells, they are... Uh, sometimes referred as a plastic solar cell. So you can imagine they can come in variety of colors. So you can have your sneakers in different colors while mm -hmm. also they are absorbing uh, sunlight to charge your gadgets while you're jogging and while on a fish enjoying the sunlight. Yeah. What, what, what properties should be present in any material for it to be efficient and sufficient for uh, solar absorption? So for our research, as I'm saying, that we are in organic solar cells, uh, we are trying to improve their absorption using what we, what we call nanoparticles. So these nanoparticles that we embed within these organic materials, they can absorb more light and also assist in creating more electrons and holes and also in uh, separating these electrons and holes so that they can be now transported to supplied your load which is uh, uh can be any device that can be connected to the solar cell um and maybe speak about nanoparticle technology uh, because it's 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 a relatively nascent you know area of study what what exactly is it from its name obviously we can deduce that it's very 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 small particles um but what does it mean in science and in practice yeah in these are very very small uh metal uh, particles so since they are very small they can easily interact with the light hence we use them uh, um, for our study and they can be used in many different applications and some of them they are used in water splitting so where they clean water they can also use these uh, uh, nanoparticles because if when they interact with light then they can also help in uh, getting water into oxygen and hydrogen yeah. and many other applications. Some are also using the medical field for treatment of cancers and so forth. Mm, mm, mm. Uh, organic materials seem to be ubiquitous. It can exist in many forms everywhere all the time. Does it mean that it will make solar cell production cheaper? Of course. Uh, Organic materials compared to silicon, they are easily uh, synthesized. They can be synthesized in the lab. As I also mentioned that they can easily be, uh, when you fabricate solar cells using organic materials, because they are dissolved in ink, you can uh, uh, fabricate a solar cell in room temperature. Unlike when you're dealing with silicon, you need uh, high temperatures. That means you need to use a lot of energy to uh, create silicon based solar cell. On the other hand, for organic materials, they are able to be produced in low temperatures. For example, in my study, we hardly use um, 
high temperatures uh, during our synthesis. And also we did manage to get improvements on our solar cells. Uh, and and let's let's speak about the scale that you've been that you've managed to um, you know conclusively determine this on in the lab. Um, have have you been able to you know you mentioned improvements have happened, but have you been able to use organic materials that you've synthesized in the lab um, in real life practice? Um, and to what extent has it been able to? In fact, let me ask the most basic of it: How much energy has it been able to produce? Uh, well, uh, the organic solar cells are still under research. So for now, they are not in uh, used in practice. So they are not yet commercial. Yeah. But the the efficiencies, uh, if I can put it, uh, efficiencies for the silicon-based solar cells, which are now in commercial use, which are used in practice, uh, their efficiencies are around between 20 to 30%. And currently, the organic solar cells are now around 15%. So once they reach above 21%, then they can be used in practice and they can also be now in uh, commercial use. So it's uh, currently, they are still under intensive research. And uh, I think in the near future, we can then have them used in uh, everyday use. Are there any adverse uh, environmental considerations to take uh, into cognizance uh, in, in, in the production and even in the research itself that you've had to perhaps apply your mind to? Uh, obviously, uh, the one of the advantages for organic solar cells is that uh, they are more environmentally friendly uh, and also the production systems that are used are more env- environmentally friendly compared to the project production system used for silicon solar cell. And another thing is that uh, silicon is usually mined, so which is a, it has an adverse effect in yeah, the yeah. Uh, environment. So once we can be able to replace the silicon and then have uh, organic-based materials, we can all, uh, try to avoid all, all those things. Yeah. Um, is there anyone else working on similar research? Yes, of course. Um, uh, researchers all over the world. So it's not a new study. It has been uh, uh, under research and development for a couple of decades now, and it has improved. Uh, I think when it started, the efficiencies were less than one percent. As I've said, that now the efficiencies that are realized are around fifteen percent, and uh, soon they will reach twenty uh, percent, and possibly they can start to be commercialized. Yeah. Give us a call. The number to dial is 86 0002032. Let's speak to uh, Silo in Mokopan. Silo, good evening. Thanks, Oliver. Thanks for taking my call. Oliver, I'm not sure if I will be off topic now, um, but let me, let me just try if um, the gentleman can answer me. Um, is this um, renewable energy? Um, thing, uh, Oliver, um, going to help um, our our grid like ESCOM to to try to um, give us uh, power the way we want or or supply enough power to the grid. I think I think that's the question that yeah. I, I to know yes and 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 does that does the gentleman 
think that it is a good idea for our government to go to that route since well um, this kind of um, uh, what you call it uh, uh, renewable energy whatever it fail um, from other countries um, namely Germany and Australia um, yeah. we saw those things fail so I, I just want to find that out. I'm not I, I, pardon me if I'm out of topic yeah. but I just I, want I, to know that thing yeah I, I do think that second question is perhaps a little bit less germane but the first one yes. certainly very on track um, okay. let's let's maybe speak to that uh, dr Dlamini. uh what what is what would be at scale the impact to the national grid for instance um if we consider how much uh we're how much uh, you know what capacity we're trying to add to the national grid what would at scale be the impact of that for for on a solar farm for instance uh, unfortunately my research did not go that far. Um, however, uh, as I I can just mention that the the Earth receives about one hundred and twenty thousand terawatts of solar energy per year, which is about uh, six to seven times more than what the uh, the global uh, energy demand is. So, however, then the question is, how do we harvest that energy? So. To answer about uh, ESCOM and load shedding, uh, I don't think I qualify to uh, directly answer that question now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but of course, a commercial study would be necessary in this instance? Yes, of course, a commercial, a commercial study will be uh, necessary to look at uh, other ways, uh, such as how do we harvest this energy and how do we store it uh, to, for use uh, when when sun is is not available, uh, yeah. so it's it, it's beyond what we do in the lab. Yeah, uh, maybe also let's speak about the lifespan of the material and 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 for instance uh, the the lifespan of say a solar panel uh, with silicon as opposed to uh, organic material. Um, silicon, for instance, seems like the type of material. I, I don't know what the what the you know material properties are of it. But it seems like the type yeah. of material that could last forever. Uh, would the same be true for organic material? Uh, yes, it, it it cannot be. It's not the same as of now. And uh, so there are a lot of uh, research topics uh, which are still underway. So besides uh, um, focusing on the efficiency, some are focusing on the durability of the material. How long can it last? Uh, compared to silicon. However, if we can um, find that it's very, very cheap and very, very environmentally friendly compared to silicon, uh, perhaps then that can also be a motivation to commercialize it, even though it will be not yet uh, performing in terms of uh, electrical energy comparable to silicon. So mm. uh, durability and um, how long it lasts is still part of the research so others are focusing on how we can maybe encapsulate it with plastic so that it doesn't uh, get exposed to humidity and uh, uh, the environment what does your data tell you at the moment about the durability of organic material vis-a-vis silicon uh, especially for my research because uh, i was uh, synthesizing them in the ambient environment so they, those samples could not last longer than a week. 
so they will degrade due to humidity yeah. and the, the, the variation in the ambient. However, some other researchers are also focusing on what can we improve in terms of uh, getting more materials because the, the study is broad. Uh, some chemists are developing new molecules yeah. that, can, that are not susceptible to humidity. So probably in the future, we can have a, a solar cell that can last at least five to ten years. Yeah, I've got a question here on the WhatsApp line. Someone says, fascinating segment. Could you ask uh, Dr. Tlamini if covering the organic PV cells with a magnifying film layer could boost output or would it fry them? A magnifying film layer. I don't know what that is. I'm hoping you would know what that is. Perhaps a magnifying film, uh, but then it depends. If it's uh, magnifying, magnifying film can concentrate uh, light into one spot. Uh, I think it will be a problem because, uh, as I said, uh, these organic solar cells are sometimes termed uh, plastic solar cells. So sometimes when the a magnifier can concentrate uh, too much uh, energy into one spot, uh, increasing the temperature. So it can sometimes fry them. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, uh, but then um, uh, in the future, I'm thinking there will be some forms of uh, uh, having those organic solar cells in a solar concentrator and also having some ways of uh, avoiding frying them. Yeah. Will this be an area of study in your postdoctoral studies? Uh, and if so, what are the next sets of questions you're looking to answer? Uh, I'd say, uh, fortunately, so I've been working since 2014, so I was doing this study part-time. So currently I'm working for another organization, so I don't think... For now, I will be able to proceed with this uh, research because uh, where I'm working now, I'm focusing on other uh, uh, fields. Okay. Thank you so much for your time uh, this evening, Dr. Tlamini. Really, really, really do appreciate it. Um, and, and thank you so much for a fascinating study. Um, and hopefully this is uh, an important step in the contribution towards uh, improving uh, renewable energy technology and the materials associated with it. Really do appreciate it. Dr. Damini graduated from the University of KwaZulu-Natal last year, last month, where he uh, was bestowed with his PhD in physics. Really do appreciate it. Let's take a quick break. On the other side of this, we close off the show.